I hope you've come to worship today because we have already begun. So thank you for taking the time. If this is the very first time that you have been here, we'd love for you to take the guest card in the pew in front of you, fill it out in its entirety. When you leave, there are offering boxes at every exit. We'd love to have that information so we can follow up with you this next week. Uh, we have a very special service planned. We're excited about it. I'm going to ask us to pray together and ask God to speak to you because I promise you're open to him. And you listen. He's going to speak. And when he speaks, he's going to expect a response from you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come. And we're excited about today. We, we've come counting our blessings. And for many of us, they are numerous. Even though there are difficulties, valleys as well as the mountaintop experiences, Lord, even in those valleys, we count our blessings because we know that you are the provider. And we know that in fallen creatures and in our own weakness, that, Father, we must reply upon you. And I ask that we would listen today, draw our strength from you, because your strength is eternal. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You know, it was uh, back in 2018 that we partnered together with several churches to start a church plant over in Asante. And over these last few years, even with COVID, that church has just continued to grow. And I want to show a, a short video. It's an update from Asante of just what recently has happened. It's exciting because it's a multi-generation church, and they are uh, doing a wonderful job communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you would, and this is an example of our state missions, what we do in our state. And so I will remind you to be faithful in your state missions offering. 
Let's watch this video, and then we'll continue our time of worship and celebration. What's going on, church family? Alex Dennis here in Surprise, Arizona, with a September update on Asante Church. God has completely blown us away this month. We saw four people give their lives to Jesus and step forward and publicly profess their faith in baptism. We had 10 baptisms total this month, six that were older believers that just had yet to publicly profess their faith in Jesus and follow him in baptism. It was absolutely awesome. I hope you enjoy these clips just to kind of get a glimpse of how special that day was for us. We also had a Kona Ice event where we brought Kona Ice out to the park. We paid for all the Kona Ice that one of our target neighborhoods, the neighborhood of Asante, could handle. We got to see over 75 different people. One of those families showed up to church the next morning. They gave their lives to Jesus and they will be baptized here in the next couple of months. We could not be more excited about that. We also have a big October coming up. We have six more baptisms on the way. One of those being my little girl, Brooklyn. She gave her life to Jesus this month. We also have a mission team coming out. First Baptist Church of Las Cruces is going to help us put on a movie night in the park. So please pray with us that the community would show up, that they would feel loved, that there would be connections made and relationships started from that event, and that somebody would show up to church, give their life to Jesus, and then follow him in baptism. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your encouragement. And thank you so much for your support. Without the support of your church, but through prayer and your finances, we would not be able to see the things happening that God is doing in our community. Thank you for sacrificing on behalf of our church to come alongside of us in partnership in the gospel. Can't wait to see you next month. today. I'm going to introduce our special guest now so that we will not break up the flow of worship a little bit later. It is our honor to have Critical Mass, an ensemble from Grand Canyon University with us today. I heard them rehearsing earlier, and if you're one who tends to get sleepy during worship, you will not during their singing. We are thrilled that they are here. Dr. Juan Hernandez is Assistant Dean of Music at Grand Canyon University. He has been in that capacity since 2010. David and I first met Dr. Hernandez at First Southern Baptist Church of Phoenix, which is next door to Grand Canyon, or it was. Grand Canyon, for those of you who might not know, is 3300 West Camelback Road. And if you have not been to see how their campus is absolutely exploding, you might want to take a drive sometime because they are doing a wonderful work. So we look forward to having them sing in a few minutes. For now, it is your turn. There's going to be a responsive reading on the screen and then I will ask you to stand as we sing together, Crown Him Lord of All, medley. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. 
who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords.
May we pray. Heavenly Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and our Redeemer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Another time to, to praise you. Lord, we feel your presence among us, and you bless us through the remainder of the service. This wonderful group who you brought to us to sing your praises to us and for you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. It's in your holy name we ask it. Amen. The earth and all therein ruled by our Lord God. Our God reigns. Let's sing together.
beautiful mass, we welcome you.
You know, we represent uh, Grand Canyon University and the College of Arts and Media. Um, I came in 2010 uh, to restart uh, the um, music program along with the uh, College of um, Arts. And um, when I started there, uh, we barely had about 800 students. And uh, this fall, we welcomed some 25,000 students on campus. And yes. And about 80,000 online, and uh, the Lord is doing great work. Uh, we teach these students with a distinctively Christian uh, worldview, and we are privileged uh, to spread the gospel through the many disciplines in the college. Uh, we offer degrees in music, performance, and education, worship arts, 
Um, we offer degrees in theater and dance, uh, both performance and education. Uh, we offer degrees in digital design and in digital film. And perhaps uh, you may know a young person that is searching and we welcome them to uh, come and explore. We have events all throughout the year for prospective students to come and visit, um, uh, enjoy this fine students. Um, and if you're more uh, interested in more of um, our activities, actually October 9, a week from uh, Sunday, October 9, I know it's coming right up. Uh, just on the road, Bellevue Heights Church, uh, we will do a concert with um, our larger chorale and this uh, students. If you'd like to receive more information about some of the things that we do, just uh, email us, uh, music at gcu.edu, and we'll be glad to share with you. Uh, once again, uh, we are so privileged to be part of uh, your worship. We'll have a couple more songs, and then uh, we'll listen to God's word together. Daniel, 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 Daniel,
Critical Mass, thank you so much. Stirring, isn't it? That's two Sundays in a row that I have followed standing or ovations from those who have sung before I came up. I've never had that experience when I walked off the stage. <laughs> thank you so much. It is so good and refreshing to see our young people just singing and praising God. If you'll take your scriptures and turn to Isaiah chapter 40, or if you'll view it on the screen, I would appreciate that very much. Isaiah chapter 40, a familiar passage, and looking at verses 28 through 30. Isaiah wrote, Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Sometime in the world in which we live, it can be worrisome and wearisome. Every time that you turn on the television or open the newspaper or just about any kind of social media, what you find are very negative things. Because we live in a world that is in chaotic mode. And sometimes we see the broad picture and sometimes it drives right to the heart of the matter in our own lives. We face our own struggles. No matter what age we are, there are in those seasons of life traumatic times or sometimes just a slow burn. So this morning, is there a possibility that you might be running on empty? Is it possible that you might be weary and, and just tired? Have you become quiet? Have you withdrawn? Does God ever seem remote? Is it possible that he seems disinterested in you? Have you ever read the scriptures and you thought to yourself, this just doesn't make sense with the life that I live? And yet you keep putting one foot in front of the other. If those things are true of you, there is a word from the prophet Isaiah about soaring. Soaring above all of that. In the times of discouragement, in the times of despair, the times when it seemed like God is not speaking to you, or his word is not meaningful. Isaiah's generation... They were going through devastating times. They would be carried off and become refugees. They would live in exile. They experienced emotional and spiritual devastation. And frankly, they caved into it. They burned out centuries before anyone ever spoke about burnout. The prophet 
communicates very clearly that there is a way out of that emptiness and God will exchange it for his soaring strength. And I think that is what we need. And so as we look at the term soaring today, I think what we find is that God gives us some strength. But we have to understand how God does that. And so Isaiah takes us step by step through that process. He says, first and foremost, strength begins with a description of God. Before we can draw the strength of God, we've really got to understand who God is. What is he all about? Recovery of strength does not begin with the focus of the human situation, looking at ourselves and saying, woe is me. But rather, it looks at the divine adequacy. See what God can do. It's not about what you can do to try to lift yourself up. But it's what God can do to give you strength and vitality. No matter what you're going there are some things that I think every single believer, every single person ought to know about God. We see that Isaiah wants to remind us. And he does that with a double question. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? He speaks directly about the declaration of God in his word. Have you not, have you not been reading scripture to the point where you understand? Have you not heard this? Is it just not sinking in? Have you focused your attention on so many other things that you really haven't taken the word to heart? Maybe you have your daily devotion every single morning and you pray to God every single day. But somehow, his words and the meaning of his words are not penetrating your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Four attributes of God that I think are foundation stones that will help us to live life to its fullest. And I think we must begin with the divine adequacy, not our human deficiency. For many of us, we look at ourselves and say, oh, look, I just can't move forward. But we have to look at it from God's perspective. Who is God that can source us and help us? It's not just, I can't do it. It's, this is what God will do. So how do we know? Well, first, I think that we should understand the eternity of God. God was and is before time and after time. The psalmist said in Psalm 90 and 2, Before the mountains were born, you, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He tells us that from God's perspective, the creator of all, for God, beginning, secession, and end are not three, but they're just one. It's not one or first, second, or third. Rather, it's one simultaneous occasion from beginning, middle, to the end. Time doesn't apply to God. That's something we look at. The question about how old is God just simply does not apply. He's no older now than he was a year ago. Because eternal infinity plus one still equals infinity. 
Not only should we understand the eternity of God, we should think about the infinity of God. Isaiah tells us in verse 28, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. With God, the question is not location. It just doesn't apply. You see, there's no boundary to his presence. There's no place where he cannot equally be found. Sometimes uh, in church language, we say, boy, I tell you what, God really showed up today. The reality is God has always been here. And he's been everywhere. And it's equal. All it means is that we heard God today. We were sensitive to him. God cannot be plotted by a set of coordinates. Or you can't just look at Find My God app on your iPhone because he's everywhere all the time. So we should understand the eternity of God. We should think about the infinity of God. And third, we should be encouraged by the inexhaustibility of God. You see, God is incapable of fatigue or feebleness. There's no diminishing of the divine energy of the Creator. He doesn't burn out. There's no slacking of the divine vitality. He is absolute. And there's an absolute difference between human and the divine. Because we grow weary. He never loses power. Isaiah said in verse 28, He will not grow tired or weary. And so we need to embrace the inexhaustibility of God. That no matter when we get tired, He's okay. He's big enough to take care of us. He's big enough for us to question things about him. He doesn't quiver. He doesn't shake. He's not afraid. And he never gets tired of us coming before him and asking the questions or making the request or drawing upon his strength. And fourth, we should accept the mystery of God. The latter part of verse 28 Isaiah said, his understanding no one can fathom. God's discernment and insight are unsearchable. They're unfathomable. They're beyond scrutiny. You can't go in and search through or explore God's understanding. You can try as much as you want, but you have to remember that as human beings, we have a finite mind, and God is infinite. Our mind, as brilliant as so many are, only goes so far. And that's a mystery. The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out! Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. We should dwell on these four aspects of God. It's important for us. And as believers, if we say that we love God with all of our heart, 
what that really should mean is that we are going to constantly be thoughtful with these mind-boggling truths that our finite minds have a hard time reaching around, but that doesn't mean that we can't fully understand exactly what faith and trust is, that he will take care of us even when we don't understand. Now, how does this help me? Because he is timeless, he can help me in my little time. Because he is beyond space, he can help me in my little space. Because he is inexhaustible, he can help me in my exhaustion, in my burnout. So strength begins with an understanding of who God is. He goes on to say that strength continues in the situation of people, of human beings. After, <clears throat> after Isaiah has looked at God, he considers the needs of people. Isaiah, we find, confronts the reality of our need for strength. Isaiah is searching for that. He sees his people. They're in desperate times. They are hurting. They're feeble. They're ready to throw in the towel. In verse 29, he says, He, God, gives strength to the weary. That's the need and increases the power of the weak. So Isaiah says, this is the reality. We, we need strength. We're weary people. We, we are weak people. I haven't met anyone in all these years of ministry that would look at me and say, I, I never get tired. I never get discouraged. God is the solitary source of our strength because we do get tired. There are things that we just can't seem to handle. We are confused about. We can't quite line it all out. We, we can't put it all together in a very logical, sequential area. Especially those with analytical minds, it's hard to, to go through and get everything right in the right box. And it creates an issue. We find that God is a solitary source of our strength. He alone is the strength to the weary, and, and inner resources come from Him. It never has been about, well, I just need to, to just buck it up and do it. It's always been about God's strength within us, and we rely upon Him, and He will get us through in those challenging times. Also, we see that God is a sufficient source of our strength. He multiplies abundantly the strength of those who are weak and have no vigor and who faint. Not only does Isaiah confront the reality of our need, this is just the fact of human life, but also we find that he confronts the reason for our need for strength, why we have that need. I think the strongest person among us or the strongest person in the world, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, spiritually, whatever aspect you want to, to tie to that word of strong, we find that at some point they're going to hit the wall. And they're going to need his strength. 
much less the weak among us. So no matter how strong we are, and how powerful we think we are, and how intellectual we think we are, there's going to come a time in life where you're going to hit the wall. You're not sure if you can go on. You're going to find that God's going to be the one to help us. In verse 30, Isaiah says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. It's been great having young people in our worship service, the vitality that they bring. But even, even our youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. There comes a point in time. Things happen. The term youths here refer to those young and energetic who were chosen either for athletic or, uh, abilities or military service. He says, listen, even the, the strongest stumbled from exhaustion and uh, they have overexerted. And even those that we rely on will sit down on a step with their hands in their face and say, I just can't go on. We should recognize that no one will be immune to the needing of the strength of Jehovah God. So where do we go with this? We find that Isaiah focuses upon the strength of God, the aspects of God. He focuses now upon the needs of human beings. And the reason for our needs. That takes us to the last thing that he talks about. You see, our, our strength arrives at the appropriation of God when we apply him and his strength to our lives. It can be just a cognitive concept. We know in our mind God is strong and God will always be there. It can be an, a great intellectual study about that. But there's a big difference between intellectually understanding, yes, God will take care of me in my need, and actually applying it in our life, believing it in our heart. We find that there is strength in waiting. Isaiah 40 and verse 31, the first part says, Though, but those who hope in the Lord... Some versions have those who wait in the Lord. The idea is to patiently wait because we know that God is in his timing going to come and help us in our greatest time of need. It will not be on our timetable. It will be on his Bob Pennington's funeral service on Friday, the family and I used it in my obituary. And it's not new, but he would always say, we serve an 1159 God. <laughs> he's always going to be there when he's needed. Waiters on the Lord are those who believe that God can deliver and those who wait on him know that he will bring his promise to fulfillment. 
rather than being anxiety-ridden, worrisome, fretful about the future, whether it's in the realm of our health, our finances, or, or, or our children, or grandchildren, whatever it is in life, we can fret over it. Or we can just say, you know what? I know God is going to help me through this. As bad as it is, I know he's going to fulfill his promise of walking with me, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. This idea of waiting is, is not just sitting down like you do mostly in a doctor's office and just wait, <laughs> wait to be called back. This term here is not passive. It's active. It has this idea of, of vigilant exercise which absorbs the power of God. It has the idea that I need to be about the work of God. I need to constantly be about that, even in the times of distress and difficulty. I need to continue walking with the Lord and accomplishing the desires of his heart, even when I'm weary, because I know that as I patiently wait for him, he is going to infuse the power of God's Spirit into our lives. So we find strength in waiting, and we discover strength and exchanging. In verse 31, he says, we'll renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That word renew suggests the exchange of our spentness for his fullness. Our hitting the wall with the infusion of his power through his spirit. We exchange our depletion for his donation of new strength as we remember call upon him. It's kind of, kind of like children bring a, a deflated toy to their father, waiting, that would be us, waiting for the father, the breath of God, to fill us again. Or like my grandkids, they'll, they'll bring me a toy that the battery has expired, knowing that I'm going to put a new battery in there. It re-energizes. That's what the power of the Spirit does. When we're depleted, when we're deflated, he's going to come beside us, and he's going to help us. We exchange our depletion for his, for his power. And third, we find that we discover his strength leads to overcoming. And that's where we focus on soaring. Verse 31 says, and they will soar on wings like eagles. This word refers to the golden eagle. Uh, it's a bird that has been the symbol of imperial power since the Babylonian times. The golden eagle has a wingspan of eight feet, lives up to 30 years in the wild. It's massive. Let me tell you, God grants his waiting people longevity of strength and duration. The longevity... for us to continue on in the power of his spirit is the appropriation for the life situation. Your life situation. Because if you're deflated right now, if you're discouraged right now, or if you're going through just some confusing times, he will give you that strength if you trust in him. For those with a race to run, he rescues them and their weariness. For those whose daily life is a weary walk, he frees us from faintness. He matches our strength as resources and takes us 
to a new level. We think about this passage. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. In these days that sometimes throw us curves beyond our understanding, beyond our ability to cope, he says, you can soar. You can fly high. But it's not on your own strength. And it will not be sustained by your own strength or intellect. Rather, it will be the strength of the eternal God who is timeless and who loved you so much that he allowed his one and only son to come and die for you and me when we did not deserve, when spiritually we had hit the wall, when we had nowhere else to turn because wherever we turned was going going to turn out badly. Because if we go off into eternity without Christ, we will be eternally separated from God. The scripture is very clear if you embrace the word. You see, God loves you. And he sees you. Not this mass of people. And he knows where you are. And he knows what you're dealing with outside of a Sunday morning worship service. But every single day in your home. Or in your place of work. Or in the solitude of your mind. And the struggles that you face. And sometimes we're just not willing to give up and let go or admit that we can't do it on our own. But today is a day that you can do that. Today's a day that you can say, the way Isaiah described God, that's who I believe in. And I might not have in the past, and I may have not held on to it as a priority in my life, but he's the one. And so today, I've got to rededicate my life. I I want to be renewed and re-energized. I don't want to live a life of deflation. I I want to live a life that's powered by the strength of God. And so in the pews where you are, it would be a wonderful time to say, God, just you and me, you and me, today, I want to rededicate my life. Because I know you will do it. You'll energize me. You'll strengthen me. Help me get through these next days ahead that I know are going to be challenging and through the rest of my life. There may be some here today that have never given their life to Jesus Christ. This would be a great opportunity for you to say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. You are the source of salvation. I'm the sinner. I, I can't even better myself, but you can. And you love me so much that you gave Christ. And you can accept Christ right where you are in the pew. You can express it publicly if you desire by coming during our invitation time. But right now, you can ask Christ to come into your life. There may be other decisions to make, like joining this church or some other decision. But right now, I ask you to bow your head and pray to God. Father, thank you for the times that you've given us. And the opportunity that we have in this invitation 
to let you give us the strength so that once again, we can soar. As Paul reminds us, it's in my weakness that you are strong. And God, we want you to be strong in our lives so we can accomplish the desire of your heart. So whatever decisions made today, I pray, will be made genuinely heartfelt by each and every one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing our invitation hymn. You come as God leads you. seated if you would while we get some information um, we had during our back to back to church event last week along with about 40,000 other churches across America we had a little competition in Bible study and uh, the competition in Bible study was uh, uh, focusing upon our classes that had their August averages and how many more they had in attendance on our Back to Church Sunday. And so, um, we won't do a drum roll, but uh, both by number and percentages, the Abundant Life Bible Study class had more. Bob, where you at? There you go. Would you give them a hand? Yeah. Dr. Marty, on behalf of the church, we have some special things for you. Nice certificate. <laughs> we have a few other things that we'll give you next week in your class, but I know you're so excited about your Bible study classes. It continues to reach out and grow. Uh, if you're in uh, Bob's class, why don't you stand real quick, because you guys worked hard. Yeah. Good job. Good job. 
Thank you, Dr. Marty. I appreciate it. And I will tell you that uh, all of our Bible study classes worked hard. Every one of them had an increase, and we, uh, we appreciate that so much. Uh, Ms. Nancy? Join me in saying once again, thank you to Critical Mass. Seriously, thank you for coming. <clears throat> I know we are not across the street from most of you, but we appreciate your making the trip, and you blessed us. Thank you so much. The beautiful flowers on the altar table today are provided by Deborah Rauch in memory of her mom, who has gone to be with the Lord. There are a number of sign-ups in both lobbies, the small lobby as well as the main lobby. I want to call your attention to the one for the women's tea and salad luncheon, which will be next Saturday from 11 to 1 in the CLC. Ladies, this is your opportunity to wear your hats, bring your teacups, and your favorite salad, and be a part of that. Our speaker will be the Minister of Worship from Avondale Church. You will not want to miss that, but we do need you to sign up today so that there will be sufficient tables set up and prepared for you. That's at 11 o'clock next Saturday. There's also a sign-up for the men's breakfast, which will be Tuesday week, October 4th, with Phil McKenna as the speaker. You will not want to miss that. And there are a number of sign-ups out there as well for the men's and women's Bible studies. Those will be starting a week from Thursday, October 6th. So take time to look in the lobbies to see what you can be a part of, and we look forward to having you do that. Anna Sue, why don't you come and stand beside me if you would. This is Anna Sue McNeil, and she has been coming for a while, involved in a number of our activities and uh, this morning she comes to say, you know what, I think God has told me that this is the place that I need to be and join together in the ministry uh, that First Baptist Church has, both to the members and in the community in which we are placed. All in favor of accepting her in that way, if you'd show that by the sign I, please. And if you're against that, did you say I? I think in 40 years, that's the first time I've ever had somebody joining I. <laughs> A new concept. And as soon in just a moment, our folks are going to come around and give you the right hand of Christian fellowship, saying two things. Number one, welcome to your church family. And number two, we're going to be praying with you and working beside you in these days ahead. Uh, you are involved in a Bible study class. Is that Carol's class? No. Which I, class? Well, I've been to all of them. Oh, okay, Bob. Come on up. I could have I just given you that a while ago. <laughs> well, we are excited. And I do encourage all those that are guests to try all of our Bible study classes because every one of them have great teachers, but they're all unique. Classes are unique. So I'm yeah, glad you did that. Yeah. Okay, Anna. Okay. 
Thank you for that paid advertisement. <laughs> Real other folks come around to give you the right hand of Christian fellowship, unless you want me just to give you a mic. <laughs> Critical Mass, thank you so much for being here. We are just blessed beyond measure. We look forward to the next time. I'm going to lead us in prayer, if you would. Stay right here. It's really strange to see so many young people out there. It's been a while since we've seen that. You know, I, I kept checking the crystal on my watch when that soprano was singing. <laughs> Would you pray with me now? Father, we just thank you for this day and for all the blessings you've given us and watching over us and protecting us. And Father, most of all, we thank you for salvation. We thank you that you sent your son to come down and die on the cross for our sins, that we could spend eternity with you. And this eternity is not 60, 70, 80, 90 years old or 100 years. Eternity is forever. And Father, there are so many in our congregation and in our community that need your healing hand, whether it's physical or it's mental. You're the only one that can touch them and give them the peace that no one else can, can give them. And Father, I pray for our country. We're just going in, in the wrong direction. But your word says that even though we don't agree with some of our leaders, we need to pray for them. And Father, I, I pray for the Ukraine, war, the Ukraine war. So many people have lost their lives. So many people have lost everything. And Father, I, I just ask you to stop that war. But whatever your plan is, Father, help me to realize that it's the perfect plan. Your ways are higher than our ways. And Father, I just pray now that you protect us as we come and go throughout this week and bring us back again safely next Sunday. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.